Hello and welcome back to the Seriously Good Podcast. We have taken a little break, but we are back with all of your Serie A content ahead of the new season. I am Casey Evans, I'm your host, I am joined as always by my co-host and my good friend Danny Corcoran. How are you today Danny? I'm feeling a bit under the weather but I'm, I'm glad the podcast is back and ready to go. It's revitalising you, it's revitalising us. He was dead on the ground before we start recording and now he's just come back to life. So because it's we're getting back into the swing of things, getting back into a rhythm and a rhyme, we're going to start with a sort of roundup episode, sort of like a, ask a couple of questions. We asked a couple of questions on Twitter. We have a couple of topics that we want to talk about. Obviously, the transfer window has been going, so there's been a couple of things with transfers. So, obviously, we were asked a question by Dieter Van Gucht, a friend of the channel, watches us quite a lot and is always supportive, and we thank him for that. And he wanted to know who had had the better window out of the Milan transfer court. He wanted to know about the AC Milan window. We're going to talk about the Inter Milan window as well. So, we'll start with... The ones who have done more business, I think, and that is AC. Now, obviously, they've brought in the likes of Christian Pulisic, which we'll get into, <laughs> Samuel Chukwueze. They've also brought in Ruben Loftus-Cheek and some other big names. I think Reinders as well is another big name there. Um, do you want to just start by going through this? Because I think they've actually... It's a bit of hit and miss, but I'd say overall there are some interesting names in there. Yeah, they've flipped one big asset in Tenali for, what was it, 60 million and brought in five or six players that makes the squad a much deeper. Like I think they had issues last year with with depth and especially attacking talent on that right-hand side. They've obviously lost Brahim Diaz has gone back to Madrid. He was only on loan. I really like what they've done. Especially with Chukwueze's an excellent signing, I think Loftus Cheek is a really good signing. I think people kind of obviously didn't really stand out for Chelsea ever, but I mean that was a, he was a solid player and he had that really good year at Palace, and he's twenty seven now. And I think that Serie A football kind of suits him. There's a lot of space in between the lines for him to drive into, so that's a. That could go either way, but I think in my head that, that works a lot. Um, Rinders, I don't know an awful lot about, but by all accounts is a very good midfielder. Pulisic is interesting. I think with the other business they've done with in keeping Liao and, and bringing in Chukwueze, the Pulisic transfer is better. Like, if it wasn't... If they hadn't brought in Chukwueze, I think I would have viewed the Pulisic signing as way worse. But there's no pressure on him to be a starter. And he is, like, if you can get him a run of games, he's still a decent level player. I think they're about to also bring in Eunice Musa from Valencia, another American. But he's really good, deep-lying. And I think the biggest thing, basically, for Milan is they've rounded out the squad and they've managed to keep on to arguably the two best players in the league, bar maybe Awesome Hen and Leal and Magnon. So I think for them it's been an excellent window and that's kind of shocking considering how it started with... It looked like it could go up in civil war with Maldini leaving and, and the new ownership kind of making a stamp, but I think they've done really well so far. Yeah, I think that they've made some decent signs. Obviously, like, Tenali leaving's a big one, and I think if I'm 
looking at the midfield transfers they've made, yes, they've improved the depth, so they're not like dropping massively after, say, Tenali and Benetti got injured. They had some massive drops in quality last season. I think that they've, they've definitely improved that regard, but I don't know whether they've replaced Tenali so, somewhat. Obviously, I've seen a lot of people talk about Renders as being much more uh, forward-thinking. Um, and then we look at some of the other transfers. I think Noel Rockefeller is a really good transfer. I think he's quite a fun player. I think he's got a lot going for him. He's obviously scored a really good goal in the Champions League. I think it was against Chelsea um, this season, or last season now. Uh, but there is the question marks of whether he would be able to lead the line because obviously the, the thing is is that Milan had Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who was injured most last season, but now he's retired. Giroud is obviously getting up there in age. Divock Origi didn't really do it for them. Like They're basically bringing in Okafor as you are the main striker for this team. And Well, obviously, he has performed on the highest level. He hasn't done it consistently. And I think that's something that, Milan, that may trip Milan up a bit. But I think how they've spread their attacks quite good, as we said. Last season, I've said in the podcast before, last season they had a lot of problems with Liao where he was their only attacking outlet and it kind of became that teams could completely shut them down if they just didn't give him space. Now, obviously, with Chukwesi and hopefully Okafor and Pulisic, they'll be able to spread the attack out a bit more and give Liao a lot more time on the ball to attack and do things. Moving over to the other side of the city, we have uh, Inter. Now, Inter have probably had a little bit more of a, a mixed bag, I'd say. Obviously, they've confirmed the signing of Francesco Kirby. He was on loan last season. He played really well, but they've also um, confirmed Alsani because, again, loan to buy is just very common in Syria. It's a, it's a bit of a weird one. They've Their big signings, I'd say, are they brought in Davide Fratesi from Sassuolo on loan with an option to buy. I think it's an obligation to buy, actually. Uh, Marcus from Monetary Fans, uh, free transfer, and Juan Cadrado on a free transfer. Um, what do you think of those signings? The confirmed ones are, yeah, mixed bag, I think. Um, Fratesi's a really good signing. I think most of the teams in the league are after him, 23. So just coming into sort of like his... He's still young, but he's coming into his peak years. Really good penetrator of the box, arriving late. Not so good, like, first touch or passing-wise, but... He doesn't need to be in an inter, inter's midfield. Like you've got Barella, who's really good in the ball. You've got Chalglu, who's good on the ball. Brozovic is gone. So yeah, I think Fratesi is really, really nice signing. Obviously, they've confirmed a couple of guys. Turam is probably the best striker on the market that was free. Um, and obviously there was a major need of Inter to replace Jekyll, who went to Fenerbahce. Um, Lukaku, who I think we'll get on to, kind of has burned a bridge, so won't be coming back. So yeah, I think Turam and, and Lataro, I think I said it on the last pod, might be at times a very frustrating partnership, but at the same time it, it does have high-level potential and the potential to be the best attack in the league. Uh, and then there's Quadrado, which was just a massive shock, spent eight years at at Juventus was like so ingrained as like a figure at, at Juventus f football club and, and obviously that's Inter's biggest rival kind of switched the divide he's not looked very good in the past couple years like he used to be this fantastic player that would take pe people on cut inside has some shot on him but 
he's kind of turned into like this wing back, and I guess what they're thinking is that he'll be a deputy for Dumfries. But well, maybe it'll work. Like Italian football, there's a lot of second wins that happened in the late thirties. But I, I don't really like the Quadrado thing. I think the most interesting thing with Inter is. First of all, what they do at goalkeeper is very important because you're losing the second best goalkeeper in the league and Anna's gone. They got a healthy profit. I mean, they brought him in for free and, and flipped him for a, a big amount of money, but he was so key in how they build up. Obviously, quite well spoken about how good he is with the ball at his feet, but he's also a good shot stopper. So some of the names that have been bounced around, like... Um, Jan Sommer is can be a very good shot stopper, but he's not really renowned for his on-the-ball stuff. Uh, and then there's Trubin, which I don't know much about, but is apparently a very good young goalkeeper. So I think it's key what they do in that aspect. Um, they are close, I think, to bringing in Skamaka, who obviously I love, but I just don't... I think... He would have suited other teams in Serie A better, especially the one across the city in Milan. Well, it's not across the city because it's the same stadium. But, like, Skamaka, Liao, Chukwese, like, him dropping deep, those two guys playing off him, that really works, I think, as a functioning unit. Skamaka and Lataro, like, you've got like that sort of big man, little man. I don't think Lataro's that small, though. But they both like to drop deep and receive the ball. Don't know how that dynamic works. Skamaka doesn't seem like the guy for me that would play in like a, a two up top and enter like one of the last teams that that have that dynamic. But at the same time, if you can get Skamaka for, I think it's 25 million euros, like for some of the fees that the strikers are going for in this window, that is, you can't turn that business down. And he's one of the best young strikers out there. He's had a bad year at West Ham in a bad situation, but that doesn't make him a bad player. And he's going to a league that he knows and has scored goals in. And he's going to be playing under a coach who was a very good striker as well. So I'm intrigued by that move. And then the other one, I think, is just about to be confirmed is Samarzic from Udinese, who we spoke about on the pod before. Is really nice. He's... Sort of maybe like a Fratesi, like he arrives late in the box, but he's much more physically developed. I think he's got a better skill set on the ball, like his passing's a lot better than Fratesi's is. So that I really like. It just seems like there's a lot of players I really like, but I don't know how it all fits together yet. Like I don't know how you have Barella, Samarzic, Fratesi all in the same midfield. They probably won't be at the same time because you've got Chalanoglu there, but doesn't feel like they've naturally replaced Brozovic, who's going to be like a huge, huge mess. He was the metronome of that team. It feels like they maybe have too many attacking going forward players in midfield and not enough defensively. And up front, it feels like they've got... If they bring in Skamaka, they've got... Skamaka and Lataro both like to drop deep. Turam doesn't, but then Turam and Lataro are very streaky finishers as well. So it could go one of two ways. But I think out of all the bigger teams in Italy, I think they've had the best window so far if they bring in those two guys. Yeah, I think 
The thing with Inter, uh, Inter is that they haven't really replaced the key people so far. Obviously, they lost Andrea Onana. We discussed a lot about who they replaced him. Um, Jan Sommer is fine, I think. It's not the greatest, but it's a fine one. And Trubin's interesting, but obviously, you'd have a couple of. You'd expect you'd have a bit of a bedding in period. Uh, Brazovic, I think, is the one that they really do need to replace. Obviously, we've discussed some of the people Fratesi, um, Zamazic. They're both not controlling midfielders. And even if you think that the idea is that Alsani will eventually um, replace Brazovic in that sort of role, I think there is a massive gap between where Alsani is and where he would need to be to Brazovic. Because even though Brazovic was getting up there in years, like he was still an excellent player. Like He still could control the game. Maybe his fitness wasn't there to begin with, um, but he still had a massive control of the game. And I think something that maybe is being overlooked is that the fact that Milan Skriniar was available, uh, let go on a free. Obviously, he wasn't a massive. He had injuries and he wasn't a massive part of the team last season. But I think that kind of was Milan made it work last season. But I wasn't looking at it like this is the long term solution to the, all their problems. Playing like Damiana, Cherby, and Bastoni, like it. It did feel like they needed another strong centre back in there, and I thought they were going to go for. It. They, they brought in Yanora Bisek from Ahas, but um, Middle Bar Street. Uh, but I don't think they've properly replaced uh, Milan Skriniar either. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I think. I think of to be fair. I think you you may think that Inter has a better window. I think the AC have had a better window personally. I think they've addressed a lot more of what they needed to address. Like in terms of the quality of players, I think that maybe Inter have got a better quality of player. But in terms of who what needed addressing in the team? I think that Milan have done a lot. Uh, yeah, AC Milan have done a lot better in that regard. So moving on to our next question or our next topic, and that was we've talked a bit about strikers. We've talked about how there's some good strikers in this window with Samaka. On to one of the more questionable uh, dealings that could happen in this transfer window, and that is the swap of Lukaku. Plus, uh, plus change for Dusan Vlahovic from Juventus. Now, we're going to start by talking more just about Lukaku because Lukaku has decided this window that he's going to burn the only bridges he has left. He's fully got Michael Owen on, on everyone at the moment. And after burning his bridges with Chelsea fans by saying that he wanted to go back to Inter and going back to Inter and finally mending the bridges that he burnt when he left because Inter fans were unhappy... He has now burned the bridge. He's rebuilt the bridge and burned it again by deciding to negotiate with Juventus instead of returning to Inter. And Inter have had enough of him. So I think that that is going to be a questionable one. Obviously, we don't know whether that's going to go through. The thing is, is that it would solve a lot of problems for Chelsea and I think it benefits Chelsea much more. Um, but in this, that sort of sense, I don't think that there is much we can do with it. So in terms of the transfer that's been proposed of Lukaku to Juventus and Dusan Vlahovic to Chelsea, I don't see how this benefits Juventus because, yeah, we've, we, we've seen Lukaku last season. He seemed to be a shadow of the striker he formerly was. He's much older than Vlahovic. And in a lot of ways, he probably struggles in the same way that Vlahovic would be in that system. So if I'm Chelsea, I'm even if they're like, oh, 20 million plus Lukaku, I'm kind of biting their hands off. Uh, but what do you think about it, Danny? 
I just don't get that in the space of what I took a year and a half I think Vavic has been at Juventus that you were so sure that you spent 75 million euros or whatever it was that now you are so desperate to get rid of him that you're trading him for Lukaku which seems to be Allegri driven who's apparently told Gian Toli, the sporting director get me Lukaku and I'll win you the league which seems ill-advised because Lukaku wasn't great last season, has had injury issues, is getting older. And like, okay, yeah, Vlavic doesn't really suit this team, which is fine. But it's still a young kid and, and, and still got, like, he does have the tools to be a good striker. To give that all up for Lukaku, just, it doesn't work. and I don't understand it at all. They just must be desperate to get rid of Vlavic, I guess, is, is the only explanation that they don't see any future with Vlavic. They maybe don't like the striker market right now, so they say, OK, we'll take Lukaku for a couple of years. Get, I think they're asking quite a lot from Chelsea and Chenya. It's like €40 million Euros plus Lukaku, so they're asking for quite a bit. And they'll say, OK, we'll take, we'll take Lukaku, and then in a couple of years we'll reassess and go again. But, look, Lukaku's a good striker, and, like, a couple of years ago, at his first stint in Inter, we're, like, we're talking about one of the best strikers in the world, but betting on him now, I don't see how that works. Again, like you just said, I don't think his strengths are particularly what Juventus needs. Like, he needs to be, have space to run into. He doesn't, you don't want him receiving the ball with his back to goal, which is what a Juventus striker's going to do a lot. Yeah, I think the better, a better situation would have been just to put Vlahovic on the market and say, oh, we, we're open to offers. Because I think Bayern Munich are looking for a striker. And I think Bayern Munich is probably one of the ones that would actually consider Vlahovic and have had him on the list in the past. So you could have got a decent fee and then gone for like someone. Obviously, if you, if you did this earlier in the window, it's probably one of the things as well. Because I think that that's another thing that Juventus have kind of just decided, oh, we're not going to do this. Oh, we want to do it this way now which makes no sense. Then you could have gone to someone for like Upenda who went to Leipzig or like who was like maybe like 30 million and kind of doing it. Or you could have gone for Smacker who's there like on this market right now. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense really. It's kind of confusing. I think both parties are kind of in a weird place. I don't even get why Chelsea would do it really other than the fact that they get rid of Lukaku and get a young striker in the place that has worth and value because I think that Jackson looks good in the sort of preseason games he's played. And he looks like he compliments Chelsea in a way that Vlahovic wouldn't. But, yeah, I think in this degree, if Chelsea can get him for Lukaku plus maybe like 30 million euros, 35 million euros, they've, they've done really well because I think that there's, there's a the, the value of the asset can only go up and Lukaku's can only really go down at this point because I don't think he's ever going to sort of go back up in anyone's estimations and even if he does he's getting older and more injury prone so I don't think his value is ever going to go back up so I think that now is probably the best time to kind of solve that um, speaking of assets and getting rid of them and, and did you like that segue uh, <clears throat> Lazio finally have parted ways with Sergio Milinkovic-Savic after years of being linked with Manchester United in the Premier League he has moved to the Saudi Pro League um, alongside everyone else at this in, <laughs> at this current time. Um, obviously, he was a massive piece of Lazio's team for years, probably 
gained sort of an iconic status at the club. Um, he, he was one of the Serie A's best midfielders consistently. And it was a thing that we were discussing earlier on in the season. Like, would Lazio cash in on him now? Because obviously this is probably like the last... This year or next year was probably the last year they could get a big fee for him and start rebuilding because they're kind of at like the end of a project with um, with the team in terms of it. Um, so what do you think of the move away and do you think that Lazio will be okay without him? Uh, the move away is... It's disappointing. I think, like, obviously you're getting a bucket worth of money... But like to see Milinkovic Savage never really try it at the top level, like either in Italy or elsewhere, because he was like heavily linked to Juventus every summer when they were winning the league as well. Is is kind of it is disappointing. Like it would have been nice to see if he kind of scaled up to big Champions League nights, won t- titles, because he's he was probably the best midfielder in the league for for a few years. Like this great attacking midfielder going into the ball like just a, and now he's gone do will Lazio will be okay yeah I think they will to be honest I I think Sarri's building something quite nice and as good as Milinkovic Savic is there's probably players out there that suit Sarri's style more than he does Um, so with with that I think Sarri can now start building his Lazio I think he's done well to kind of drip his way into Player, Hitch player has been in that squad, but this summer's a bigger shift, and and we're gonna start to see like Sarri's Lazio, and I think with the backing of Latito, they're kind of a dark horse to maybe challenge, depending on what happens. But yeah, I think getting that fee for for Milinkovic Savic was good. They probably should have taken the apparent a hundred million bids that had happened a few years ago, but they didn't. They got the best years out of him and they've sold him for a healthy fee. Yeah, so they, they, they've, they've made some good signs, I think, that kind of offset a lot of that. I think they've obviously signed Tati Castellanos from uh, New York City. He was on loan at was it Girona last season. Um, he's probably the young forward that allowed them to not have to play Immobile every season. Because like last season, Immobile's injuries, I think probably they were able to get through it without him but obviously in past seasons his goals have been incredibly crucial to their sort of gameplay um they brought in Matteo Cancellari from Hellas Verona a really exciting young winger i think that kind of rejuvenates their wings a bit because obviously they had Zakagni but then they were playing Pedro for a decent amount of last season and Pedro is old <laughs> so they needed to definitely bring in a young winger um, there are other sort of signings are much younger, not really sure whether that's going to be that, but they, they kind of, there's some signings that they haven't completed but seem to be completed, and I think one of the better ones is they're bringing in uh, Michelin's Gustav Ivertsen, another winger, another creative one, but the one that everyone seems to be really impressed with is Daichi Kamada from Eintracht Frankfurt on a free transfer. Obviously, earlier on looked like he was going to AC, um, I think it was something to do with the fact that they didn't have enough foreign player slots, so they cancelled the free transfer, and now he's moving to Lazio. And I think, personally, that's the sort of midfielder we will talk about who would replace um, Milinkovic-Savic's impact in the game, because obviously for Frankfurt, he was a really good goal scorer, he was a really good creator, he's a really good kind of like presence in the midfield. Um, and I think, yeah, I think he's probably the player that will replace Milinkovic-Savic in that team, and they're getting him for free. 
So do you think that's a good transfer? I think it's a great transfer. Like, I think he was he's probably the best player left on that like free transfer market, and to be able to bring a guy like that in who who can play as one of your eight spot where you're going to see the benefit is like his attacking game and Sarri teams kind of camp out or want to squeeze you up the pitch and and get you like camped in your your box. Kamada's the guy that can kind of move the needle. He's good at breaking into the box as well. And he's had high output in the past few years at Frankfurt. I think with him and especially with, with Luis Alberto, I don't know if he will stay or go, but like he's getting on a bit too. I think he Kamada naturally takes some of the attacking responsibility off of Luis Alberto, which is good because Lazio for the past few years have been a team that kind of depended on Immobile's goals, Alberto's creativity and Milinkovic Savage's chipping in with goals and assists. So to now bring in Kamada for free who I think will suit Sarri's pace of football and style of football. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot from Lazio this season under Sarri, and I think Kamada will be probably one of the better signings. Uh, and that was one of the questions that we had from people watching. Travis Laverson did ask, who are who do you think is the most interesting and or under the radar transfer this summer in Serie A? I think Kamada's probably one of the honourable mentions there, but I'm going to let you go first in terms of who you think. Who's your most interesting? Or do I go for one or two, or do I just kind of combine it and just say, this is the guy I think is going to be really good this year? Uh, I'll go for my first guy and see who pops to mind after. Uh, I think the one that stands out for me just to see how this all goes is uh, Matteo Retegui from, I think he was owned by Balka. Um, but spent most of his games at Tigre on loan, has gone to Genoa, who have just come up but are heavily backed by the sketchy 777 partners group. Um, but, yeah, he was heavily linked to Inter to, to come in. Obviously, is Argentinian, but was picked up by Italian national team scouts as having Italian heritage and with a lack of sort of striker. They've brought him in and he scored in his debut. He scored quite a lot of goals for, for Tigre in the Argentinian league. I think he's got like 35 goals in 70 appearances, so just over a goal every two games. He's a very instinctive finisher, good movement in the box, and the intriguing thing is that he was obviously meant to be going to like one of the better teams in the league. He's now going to a team that just come up, a team that you'd probably expect to... I think they'll probably finish mid-table, Genoa, because I think they've got financial backing, but he's not going to have like the chance creation that the Italian national team did, or he might have had at Tigre, or the space he'll have at Tigre. So how his game translate to like a top-five league? And he's not young, young. I think he's about 24 years old. It's going to be really interesting to see if Genoa have picked up this guy and could sell him on maybe for a lot of money in the future. Because if his game scales up to this league, I think that's an excellent transfer. Yeah, I think we've kind of talked a bit about one of the ones I think is more interesting. I think obviously Chukwueze to Milan is a great one because of the reasons we've already discussed. 
Um, one that hasn't fully been confirmed yet, but I think he's going to be really interesting is Charles de Catellari to Atalanta with a, a loan with an option to buy. Um, I think Milan might have just pulled the trigger way too early in terms of deciding that he's not going to be um, an option for them going forward. Obviously, he was not great last season. Um, he didn't really fit in. He didn't really seem to fit their style. But I do think that Milan's attack wasn't that great in terms of how it was put together. Obviously, like they scored goals, but I think they were really reliant on just relying on what they had, like Liao, Giroud, and whoever decided to be the right winger out, Messias and Salamakas. I think it kind of was just, there wasn't really much there. And especially since the Di Castellari is that sort of striker who likes to play off another striker instead of just being the sort of guy there. I think it just didn't really work the system. And I didn't think, and obviously the change in system then didn't really work either because a 4-3-3 doesn't really, or a 3-4-3 doesn't really suit him either. So I think that is a good transfer. I think he, I'm, I'm keeping my stocks. I'm keeping my stocks now. I think he's a really good player and I think he'll probably come good because he is still only young. Um, an under the radar one, I think we both can agree that Parisi to Fiorentina is a really good transfer. I think Fiorentina have done really well to pick him up because obviously he was heavily linked with Juventus and everyone thought that Juventus was going to get him and they, they didn't really pull the trigger and he's now um, playing for Fiorentina. I think Fiorentina though do have a little bit to do in this transfer market still. Obviously they've lost Igor to Brighton who is a really important defender uh, they probably or may lose Sofian Amrabat to Manchester United because that transfer has also been muted and I think he's also been linked with other places if he doesn't end up going to United. And they've only really brought in Artur uh, Mello to replace him. Danny's fist pumping now as the ex-Liverpool man um, has joined Fiorentina. So I think they still have a lot to do. But... Can, can you call him the ex-Liverpool man? Sorry, let me replace that. Ex-Liverpool under-23s, man, uh, at 30 years old. Um, yeah, so I think that... I think I think a good one as well... I'm going to I'm gonna give Danny a chance to talk and see if he has any other ones. I think a good one as well is that Mateus Vina has gone on loan to Sassuolo from Roma. I think he was pretty good for Brighton last season. Uh, Brighton? What am I saying? He's pretty good for Bournemouth last season. Um, he was a really good attacking fullback, and I think he kind of showed that he was a bit of a higher level. Uh, so I don't know why Roma have kind of fobbed him off, but still, I think it's because Spinazzola is good still. Uh, but yeah, he, he seems like a really good player, so I think that's a good little loan transfer there. Yeah, I think going back to De Ketelari, I think he suffered from purely not really understanding him as a player. And, like, a Milan team that started to be a bit dysfunctional. Like, Adley was also at Milan last year, but didn't get really game time. Well, uh, speaking, speaking, of, speaking of Adley, can we say Adley the same as Arthur, uh, Arthur where it's like, is he, was he at Milan last season? <laughs> he, played, he played that one friendly that we, all, we both love, and then he just never played again. Both those guys, like, sort of like to play off the striker, I think... De Ketelari to Atalanta is really nice because Gasparini understands those sort of players like De Ketelari, the new, the new Josep Ilicic. Um 
and he'll have uh, Elbil Al Toure, who I won't lie, I'm not that familiar with him, but he'll have him to play off of. And Gasparini's really good at, at like creating attacking units like Muriel, Zapata, Ilicic, Papu Gomez, Ilicic, Zapata. Like he's done quite a lot of combinations last year. Lookman, Hoyland. So I think that's a really exciting transfer. And then yeah, Parisi. Love Parisi. I think Parisi's probably I'm higher on him than Udogi, who obviously went to Tottenham. And, like, Fiorentina is a much nicer move up than Juventus because Fiorentina seem like a team on the rise, but also a team where there's not going to be as much pressure or what appears to be sort of, like, goes toxic quickly with Allegri as it did last season. Environment, like, Italiano is building something quite nice there. Like, a really attacking unit, I think. Like, possession-wise, Fiorentina ranked second in the league, so it'll allow... Parisi to push on like he likes to do. He was excellent for um, Italy's under-21s in the summer, um, so much so that he displaced Udoji in the team. Um, yeah, I like those. I'm trying to think if, if there's any that I've not seen. I think uh, Hussein Awar at Roma is going to be really fun because the guy that didn't really get his move, but already in pre-season, him and Dybala have been linking up quite nicely. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if like a, a refreshing environment will do him good and sort of get him back to the levels that made him so exciting while he was at Leon. I think there's a role for him in that Roma team as well. Um, and yeah, third season Mourinho, but I like their business so far, but I, th- I do think that Roma still have stuff to do, like Indica and Awar is, is nice business. Yeah, while we're recording this, Frank Cassier has apparently agreed a deal um, to go to, or personal terms, to go to Al Ali. Um, and he, they're now negotiating with Barcelona, which seems like a waste after how good he was at Milan. Uh, and we got one final question from Francesco, and he's asking, what are Caligari going to do this season, and who should they sign as a striker? Um, well, they have signed a striker, which is Eldor Smorgadov. I think that was actually good. I, I, nearly, I nearly went for Balrog of Morgoth, which is <laughs> in terms of how I rhymed that. But yeah, Eldor Smuradov. And he's from Roma. He didn't really do much for them last season. Um, look at the other business and looking what they're doing. I think they're probably going to end up going back down, I think. There's, it, it. I mean, the, it's kind of going to be a mixed bag between them and Salatana and Hellas Verona and so on and so forth. Um, I think in terms of who does end up going down because those teams also have their struggles but I just don't like much of their transfer business I kind of think that they've kind of not really signed anyone exceptional uh, I think Suleimana was alright for Hellas Verona but he is young uh, s- s- everyone's favourite FIFA and FM wonder kid Simone Scuffet has, uh, has come back from Cluj Jacob Bianco from Gitaf. Yeah, it's not really great. <laughs> so I'm not really sure. I think they probably end up going back down. They'll win the league with Claudio Ranieri at the helm. Uh, uh, well, they're signing Palomino, I think, from Atalanta, which is kind of interesting. I mean, he's been a solid part of that team for a few years. I, I think they might be okay. I kind of like a few of their players. And I don't know... 
they're used to Serie A football. Like I would pro like they're way more attuned to it than Frosinone are, who have come up. So I think that 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 and alongside Ranieri, who has more experience than probably anyone in the league, might see them be okay. By the way, by the way, when I like to point out that Frosinone was not who I said with Frosinone are fighting their own shadow. They're going down twentieth. I'm not. I'm not even going to like entertain that. I've looked at the transfer business. I just know that they're they're just going to be scrapping with themselves in twentieth, and then we'd talk about nineteenth and eighteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Calgary striker. I uh, I'm not really sure. Mbappe. <laughs> Alone. Get him. Get him to Calgary because that will be amazing. Yeah, they've... I think they're quite linked to uh, Colombo, the Milan youth striker. Yeah, I was going to say one of, one of the youth strikers from the um, one of the Milan sides would probably be who I'd say. Yeah. I just, I just yeah, I think, I think I'll keep. I think obviously, I think we're going to do some sort of predictions, but I think Calgary might stay up. We'll do predictions and look horribly out of tune when we get them wrong. Um, which is me saying that Caligari are going to go down because I just don't think that they, I, I, I just don't think they have it. I think that obviously the Genoa have got a bit better business. Uh, I mean, we could say that like Lecce and um, Tartana could be down there again. So yeah, they might do. They've got a good manager. They've got someone who knows what they're doing. But at the same time, I just don't really see it. And I don't really see it from this business so far. Uh, but I think that about wraps it up for this episode. It's kind of been a little bit all over the place, a little bit of a roundup of what needs to be talked about ahead of the next season. And we'll kind of do our predictions. Probably we'll have a look at the transfer window once everything's said and done. Obviously, some big transfers going through out of the league. I think Syria this season has shown the talent that they have, and a lot of clubs have come in to sign that, especially Manchester United, who seem to be signing three players from from the Syria at the end of the season, which is interesting for me. Um, but is there anything else you want to say before we go, Danny? Uh, no, that's, I think that's everything for today. I'm looking forward to the start of the season. Obviously, Serie A starts after the Premier League, Ligue 1 and La Liga and Bundesliga, I think, is a week after. Yeah. So there's still a bit of time for those clubs to do their business and get them in. Yeah, because football is back in about a week, which is a horrifying thought. Um, I'm not going to lie, uh, it's way too soon. I feel like I haven't even got over last season. <laughs> but anyway, this has been the Seriously Good Podcast. I've been Casey, he's been Danny, and thank you again for tuning in. See you next time. Ciao.